Hello and welcome to the NTT20 betting show. What are you up to this weekend? Whatever it is, this is the sound of the start of it. We're going to be mating, making, we're going to be making, not mating. That's lucky for you. Betting picks ahead of a full slate of EFL action. We being myself, Ali Maxwell, and him, George Ellick. This show is sponsored by Betfair and it's about betting. And that means it's for over 18s only, very strictly. And that anyone listening who is thinking of placing a bet this weekend or anytime, please make sure that you are gamble aware and understand the risks that come with gambling. Uh, George, what's on the agenda for you this weekend? Going to the in-laws. Ooh. But mostly trying to feel better again. Lemsip or are we past that? I've had so many Lemsips. I'm basically like a walking bag of Lemsip now. <laughs> it was like we put out a thing on the pod, I reckon two months ago, asking for people's advice on how to improve one's immune system so you yeah. didn't get ill the whole time when you had children. And I've been ill ever since. Hmm. So, well, I mean, some of the suggestions were actually illegal. Yeah, I, I haven't. Think, I haven't you've done. always been a bastion of legality. Legality, and... yeah. So I haven't tried those, but I've tried everything else. I mean, I'm taking like multivitamins. Yeah, eating healthily, eating a lot of leafy greens. It's apparently very good for you. But I just like I, I basically get ill. I then get better, but not fine, mm. and then I get ill again, yeah. and it's every week. So I feel very sorry for you. I mean, you are. Given how consistent ill I am, your immune system must be very robust because you've been absolutely fine. I'm more than welcome to share my diet plan and I think it's one that you'll enjoy on account of there being very few leafy greens in it. But we eat the same thing for lunch basically every day together. So I don't understand it, but um, apologies. I said this so many times, apologies for sounding a bit ill in your ears. Uh, Leicester was your nap last week. That was a good win, wasn't it? 5-0 winners. That's about as resounding as a nap gets at 4-5. to five. Uh, My next best, Argyle No Bet, was a winner as well at Swansea at 8-5. to five. Uh, Those two were our only winners of our four individual picks. Cheltenham ruining my weekend, my nap. Uh, Dewsbury Hall, yeah, I mean, we've both got one legitimate moan, I think, albeit it's boring for the listeners. Uh, you had the next best Sutton that was done by an injury time penalty. Sutton having been definitely the better side there. Uh, and for me, it was the fact that Dewsbury Hall, my goal scorer at 7-2, to two, raced clear in injury time, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, and Michael Rose decided to hack him down. And therefore, it was a penalty. And Jamie Vardy took that and scored it. So a bad week overall. I was 2.4 points down. You were 1.4 points down. And let's see if we can do a little better this week. George, what's your nap? What's the best bet this weekend in the EFL? My nap is Salford to beat Swindon at 29 to 20. Um, I, I think the secret's out with uh, Salford now. Um, a week and a bit ago on the long shot, which is our betting substack, Nick Goff did a piece uh, and he put up Salford top half finish at 16 to 1. Wow. Um, and just... A week later, after they'd beaten Wrexham 3-1 at home, they are now 11-4 to um, for the same, uh, to finish in the top half, which shows Good pick, that Carl Robinson is, you know, he's come in and for whatever reason, the performances that weren't there under Neil Wood are there under Carl Robinson. And this is a team that finished in the playoffs last season who have the squad to be challenging for automatic promotion in my book who were down in the relegation area, not in the zone, but in the area around the relegation zone. <laughs> the outskirts, the suburbs. Yeah. Relegation suburbs. And and Robinson's come in, someone who has had successes and poor periods in his career. But I think there's enough, certainly in MK Dons and in the first couple of seasons at Oxford, to show that he is very, very capable of building 
a good side with good players and, and he is getting a tune out of the Salford team now. Like the, the their victory over um Wrexham was so impressive, not just because they beat Wrexham, who are, you know, one of the, the three best teams in the whole division, but the manner that they did it in, where they were just completely dominant um in the first half and restricted Wrexham to, to nothing really, where their first shot ended up being a goal. They won the game three one. They're unbeaten in five, they won three of those games. Robinson yet to yet to taste defeat, and that came off the back of four losses in a row. He's tightened them up defensively. He has continued the good work of, of Matt Smith so far this season. And they're up against the Swindon side, who we know are really struggling. You know, for them, um, there was the two 0 win over Bradford, which was a rare source of um, points in a period where they've been incredibly poor. Like the, the transfer window was obviously a frustrating one for them, losing key players: um, Romeo Hutton, uh, Dan Kemp, Jake Young, all departing. They moved to bring in some some players. Uh, Dawson Devoy's had a decent start there, but they just look far weaker than they did um, before the window closed. Even though they did have a, a deadline day where they brought plenty in, including of course Harry McCurdy, who re- returns to the club where he had such a pivotal role to play in that playoff uh, in that playoff campaign. But last time out, you know, with the new players, and they went to Newport and they were beaten two one. Um, they put in an okay display. It wasn't awful, but to my mind, this is a team who, on current form and on current trajectory are a bottom six side up against a Salford team who I would anticipate from here until the end of the season will likely pick up a, a ratio of points that would get you in the top seven. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm strong on Salford to, to go to the county ground and get three points. Also, I can pretty much guarantee you that uh, Robinson will revel in the uh, welcome that he's given by the Swindon fans. Carl Robinson, Swindon Town, spicy. Uh, yeah, my nap's also in League Two and it's Barrow to beat Wimbledon Straight up, uh, 3.7, 27-10 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. It's a chunky one, for sure. But I very strongly believe this is the best value bet of the whole weekend in the EFL. And therefore, that's what's taking the heft of my two-point play. Uh, this starts with Wimbledon, who are just outside the playoffs at the moment. They are in the middle of a chunk of five teams that are separated by two points from seventh to 11 so they're in the the playoff suburbs at the moment their form in the last eight games is the 12th best in the league their form in the last six is the 15th best in the league so that reflects that recently they've been finding it a little more difficult to pick up points at a playoff rate and there's really no shame or no blame attached to any individual here because some of the absences and departures that Johnny Jackson's had to deal with would basically derail any campaign I think right now Wimbledon are missing their starting centre-backs, Joe Lewis and Ryan Johnson. Uh, Such a good partnership from the the moment this season started. Uh, We wrote about them as part of a perfect pairs piece that we wrote on NTT20.com. They were just complementing each other really well as centre-backs. Now playing centre-back Kofi Barmer, who joined on deadline day on loan from Palace, having had a pretty poor loan at Port Vale at the start of the season. Uh, And Lee Brown, the veteran left-back that's now a left-sided centre-back. And they did well last week, keeping a clean sheet at Bradford. Um, But you have to think that overall, that's a loss. That's a net negative, losing those two. They're also missing Jake Reeves, their key central midfield player, one of the players that really makes them tick uh, and does a ton of work both in and out of possession. And of course, 
missing Ali Al-Hamadi as well, having left for Ipswich Town, which leaves a big hole in their attack, which they've attempted to fill by signing Kelly from Solihull Moors, who made his debut last week. Uh, it'd be a lot to expect him to be quite as dynamic and potent as Al Hamadi. Uh, and even Connor Lemonhay Evans, recalled by Stockport, he was a starter there as well. So basically, five starters are all missing at the moment. The absences that I've talked about move them down in my ratings towards more of a mid table team. Um, coming to town are a Barrow team who are incredibly competitive, who for over two years now, it feels like we've been calling them the most well-coached team in the division. Pete Wilde's ability to uh, to put together individual match plans and strategies and to get his team really well instructed to carry them out seems to be incredibly powerful. And that's why they're third in League Two at the moment, Barrow. Uh, not only are they very solid, very good out of possession... They've probably got that sprinkling of star quality that they haven't had in the last couple of years. Cole Stockton, to give him his full name. Uh, He's now playing up front with Dom Telford. Now, between those two, they scored about 45, 50 goals two seasons ago. Uh, And I think we can expect them to be a bit more potent. Stockton is one of those players that when he's fit, when he's motivated, I think we know he can kind of overperform his XG. He can score fantastic goals. He's a constant threat. Players are drawn to him. So for Barrow, three of the last five games, they've been excellent without the ball and I expect them to be so here. Both Notts County and MK, who are very good attacking teams, came up miles short, weren't able to generate anything against uh, Barrow. The only blip recently was a 3-2 defeat against Crewe and and a 2 all draw at home to, or away at Sutton rather. Uh, And I think that they're in, in really good nick. They've hit the top three. They'll be highly motivated to stay there. They've played 16 away games this season in the league and they've won seven. So I think they're comfortable playing and winning away from home. Uh, And just the fact of Wimbledon being around even money to win this game. uh, That's so far apart from my perception of where these two teams are at right now. And what I think is the most likely outcome of this game that I have to back Barrow 3.7 as my nap. Uh, Get a completely free acker or bet builder on football this weekend with the Betfair Sportsbook. You do need to opt in for this. So make sure you go to the promotions page on Betfair. It applies from the Thursday the 8th today uh, till the 12th of February and the max free bet varies from £1 to £10 per customer. Minimum odds of 1.5 or minimum one selection. Uh, Eligibility criteria and T's and C's do apply so make sure you read them before opting in to the completely free hacker or bet builder on football this weekend from the Betfair Sportsbook. George. Can I shock you? Mm. Morecambe haven't won a home game in the league since Saturday, October the 28th. Wow. So Jeb Brannan, their manager, has yet to taste victory at home. I'm putting up Sutton, draw no bet at 7-5 at Morecambe. Um, Morecambe continue to kind of baffle. Um, we've seen them put in some very good displays on the road recently. They seem to have just an incredible knack and ability to get over the line. Spirit. Great heart. spirit. Yeah. Great heart. Probably reckon- a great immune system as well. Oh. Do you reckon Derek Adams has picked up the phone and called Morecambe since resigning from Ross County being like, any chance, lads? And they're I'd, like, I'd have thought he probably has. We've got Jed. He's like, yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'll come in first, though. Jed Lee Brannan's doing a decent we job. We were in the playoffs it? when I left, and now you're mid-table. What's going on? Um, he's doing a right job, yeah. I mean, certainly the away wins at an MK, uh, the final win at Donny and stuff, they are. But I'm, I'm pretty bullish at the moment that backing Sutton consistently is going to be profitable until they change. Because I do think Steve Morrison... Not to the same extent as um, as Carl Robinson at Salford's, but I do think he has come in and immediately made them much more difficult to beat. And also, when you consider that 
Uh, Sutton have only lost four games in the league dating back to that same uh, to back to the, the end of October. They're a tough nut to crack. They're solid defensively. They were very unlucky not to win against Doncaster, as we mentioned. And I think they'll fancy their chances going to Morecambe and at least avoiding defeat. So getting, you know, seven to five, so heavily odds against, um, taking the draw out to me seems like a, a fair way to play this one. So it's not necessarily a slate that I'm mad keen on loads. I like my long, my long shot, but I do think this is a, a solid way to, to get with Sutton. Yep, like it. My next best is also backing a team in a relegation zone, but it's the League One relegation zone. I'm only going and backing Fleetwood, draw no bet, 2-1 to one at Lincoln. Wow. You said to me that you wanted them to lose every game. What? No, because of their transfer business. Not because you don't like Fleetwood. What? But now you've changed your tune. It's good. You signed an NDA. You said, I won't repeat that you said you want Fleetwood to lose every game. Yeah, I forgot that now. Sorry. Well, equally, I can now say that was satire because I wanted <laughs> to win this one at, at two to one, draw no bet at Lincoln, and yeah, to expand on what you've just suggested, if you'd told me a week ago <laughs> that I'd be backing Fleetwood, draw no bet to beat Lincoln, uh, I'd be pretty concerned about what what would have happened to my brain in the interim. It could be a madman because Fleetwood's last rights were being read to them. They lost three first-team senior players in the last few week, days of the window. The fat lady was singing. It didn't make any sense. They were they, they were desperately poor, in really poor form, down at the bottom of the table. But maybe it's that new energy in the building. They signed like three young left-footed defenders. Campbell, one of them on loan from Everton, went straight in, slotted in at left centre-back and started really well. Uh, new Irish striker, Coughlin, two goals in two games. And Fleetwood have won back-to-back games since then. They beat Port Vale. Good, solid win. 3-0 against a team very low on confidence. Then they backed it up with a win against Bristol Rovers in midweek 2-0 and got ahead, went further ahead and held on and kept a clean sheet. These are not traits of a team completely floundering. So it could be nothing. It could be a, a flash of randomness in, a, in an unpredictable sport in a 46-game season. But what if Fleetwood and Charlie Adam have found something repeatable? Certainly uh, someone called David on NTT20 Squad who watched Rovers Fleetwood was gushing in his praise of Fleetwood. Uh, Stockley being the target man up top, but he's got players playing off him. That's what he needs. That's where a team thrives with Stockley in the team. Coughlin, two and two. Omakere playing well as well. In midfield, Boson Lawal and Gavin, the big switch, Kilkenny played in the midfield too. That's got a bit of everything, really, in terms of technical quality and physical attributes as well. So I like what I've seen uh, and I want to try and get in front of it. Uh, Lincoln, for their part, they're sort of bobbling along, aren't they? Lincoln in, in 12th. Bang in mid-table, 30 games played, 31 goals scored, 30 goals conceded. It's pretty low-octane stuff, which if you consider that the club's nickname is the Imps and the definition of impish is inclined to do something slightly naughty for fun or mischievous, I think there's an argument that Lincoln are among the least mischievous sides, <laughs> uh, certainly in League One at the moment. Uh, they did get their first win in 10 last week, a 1-0 win against Burton, which was a deserved victory. They played well. Having gone down to 10 men, uh, the winner was somewhat fortunate, a bit of a goalkeeping howler. So I'm not thinking, sitting here, that Lincoln have cracked it by any means. In the last 10 games, they've only scored five goals. They haven't scored more than one in a single game. They've drawn five blanks. They're taking 9.2 shots per game, which is the second lowest in the league in that 10-game span. Uh, They make attacking look very hard work and their games are very low margin. So... Uh, while accepting that they are good at defending and, and Fleetwood will have to be good again in order to score here at Sinsel Bank, uh, I still think that Fleetwood maybe have the momentum here 
and I want to get involved with that. Two to one, draw no bet. Fleetwood Town away at Lincoln. Uh, goal scorer, please. In a week where it's been announced there'll be a new Jurassic Park. Really? In 2025, yeah. Okay, I'm trying to work out what's coming next. Will it be starring the Velociraptor? Oh my goodness. What? Goal scorer pick. Stu- stuck between Aaron Nemain, 7-1, to one, and Rob Apter, 4-1. But I've gone choose? with Nemain. Ah, well, at least that's... That's fun. We've got two right-sided, League 2, dribbly men, and we can do a nice double. Perfect. Should we, should, should we just share the double? No, no. Um, yeah, Rob Apter at Tranmere. They go to Donny. We know Donny's uh, defensive issues pretty well. He is... I mean, he's one of those players who just all he wants to do is get on the ball, drive a goal, and shoot from... They kind of right at corner of the box and he does it consistently. Um, it's not a shot map that I necessarily love, but I think we've seen enough from Apter in the last few weeks to know that it is his specialist skill. And when he does get into those areas, he's very good at shooting across the keeper and finding the, the far corner. Um, I think he's Tranmere's biggest goal threat at the moment. I think his ball carrying ability is better maybe than League Two and up against a, a team who, as I say, are struggling to keep um, the opposition at bay and haven't kept you know in terms of clean sheets it's been a while since since Donny I think have kept a clean sheet I'll verify that now um, also have had big issues in nets yes and they got low to Tala on loan uh, from Hull on deadline day and he did have quite a good loan spell at Stevenage last season but even so uh, when you're thinking about Rob Apter having 3.62 shots per game whatever mm. it is you, you want him to be shooting at a goal that's not been very well tended to. And thank you very much, because I can now take one clean sheet in nine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, as you say, a constant threat. If you look at his um, his shot record, he's having, as you say, three or four a game. And I'd be surprised, for four to one, I'd be surprised if this if this does get beat, I think we'll be sitting here being like, oh, did he see you have to have three shots? One of them yeah. was, you know. I wonder when the last Jurassic Park film is, because I'm sitting here wondering if it's a coincidence that just as a talented young winger that we nicknamed the Velocirobapter bursts onto the scene in League Two. Suddenly they think, I tell you what, let's hop on the back of this hype train, release another Jurassic Park. Yeah. Can't argue with it. We Aaron sh- should we start calling Tyrese Dolan the Tyresosaurus Rex? Mm. There you go. Yeah. Well, oh, but there are so many Tyreses, we could take our pick. We'll, we'll workshop that. <laughs> uh, Aaron Nemain is the name for me. Seven to one to score for Notts County this weekend. Um, I might be being blinded by a recent run where Nemain scored in three straight, uh, four goals across those three games because before that and in his career, he's actually not been a massive goal threat. He's not the Velocirobapter carrying it, dribbling inside, getting good shots off at goal. His shooting technique isn't great. Uh, But Jody Jones plays on the other side and Jody Jones is, like people overuse the phrase, the phrase cheat code massively. You do. I do and others do. In the case of Jody Jones playing for Notts County in League Two right now, I think that I think it's basically as close as we've been to being like, no, this actually is close to the definition of a cheat code because he has such a repeatable skill that is seemingly impossible to stop, which is why he has 17 assists in League Two already this season, which is why he got six assists in three games in January. And it's deep crosses from the left that curl 
around the centre-backs in front of the goalkeeper and invariably either get tapped in by Macaulay Langstaff or Dan Crowley or Aaron Nemain at the back post. So um, basically, that's what I want to happen again. Notts, I think, will have lots of the ball against Gillingham and I think that translates into lots of Jody Jones crosses and I think lots of value for Aaron Nemain to score at the back post at 7-1. to one, That is value. I'm sure of it, whatever happens. And when Apta scores and Nemain doesn't, I'll be saying, that's not Nemain. Yes, that's nice. Thank you. Very apt. Ooh, got there in the end. Very apt. Yeah, I got it. What's your long shot? Plymouth Argyle to beat Sunderland. Um, Here he is, getting on the Argyle win train a week after me. At Come 11 on. to 2. Yeah, I'm not doing that John O'Bet nonsense. Mm. Um, I mean, Sunderland being shorter than 2 on for this game just blows my mind. Not for you? Like They're, they're not playing particularly well. I don't think... Um, the Stadium of Light is a particularly happy place at the moment with the fans still pretty united in not being behind um, McBeal. It was a big late equaliser for them at Borough, which kind of saved his, his him a little bit. They were beaten 1-0 by Hull at home fairly recently. Argyle, under Ian Foster, I think, uh, are looking like a team who should enjoy themselves more on the road because we're seeing less of the kind of gung-ho approach that we saw from Stephen Schumacher and a more measured, pragmatic approach where they still look to take the game to teams. Yeah, it's not like he's completely torn it up. But and in that, you know, in your winning tip at, um, at Swansea, West Swansea, I think kind of battered Plymouth to, to an extent. Game um, state. At 1-0. <laughs> um, but that was still important. And, you know, it was a thing with Argyle fans that Shuey couldn't get a win on the road. But under Foster, you know, they were beaten 2-1 by Southampton just after Christmas where they did okay and stayed in the game pretty well. Uh, one all draw at Huddersfield, a 1-0 win at Swansea, uh, two all draw at Cardiff. Like, they're not being beaten um, uh, on the road. And I I just think one club in Argyle are pretty happy with themselves right now and yeah. will go to Sunderland fancying their chances and Sunderland themselves. They know how big a game it is, but I'm not seeing too much of the performances to suggest they should be two on at home to a, to a team who are playing pretty well themselves. So, yeah, at 11 to 2, I'm very happy to, to take a chance on Argyle coming away with three points from the North East. I thought that if Argyle were going to score against Swansea, it would be a lightning counter-attack. Instead, it was a beautiful set-piece routine. Mm. They've added that to their arsenal. Yeah. Foster the people. Um, long shot, it's 50 to 1 for me this week. And it's just so many handicaps to be covered by strong favourites. I don't know whether it's a response to me having picked... A 3.7 nap and a uh, Fleetwood draw no bet win. But sometimes you just want the warm embrace of teams that are expected to win to do so comfortably. Um, it's a fourfold. I've got Southampton to cover the minus two at home to Huddersfield. Saints have covered the minus three in three of their last four home games. Uh, they've won eight in a row at St. Mary's. Huddersfield got a good, a big win last weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, and I think that is noisy because that was not a 4-0 game at all. And also, away to Southampton is basically a different sport to home to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Huddersfield have struggled away at the best teams, conceding four to Leicester and Leeds. So the precedent is there for a Southampton 3-4-0 or win, I think. Uh, as for Leeds, they're at home to Rotherham. I think they'll cover the minus two. Just an incredible golf between these two teams uh, on an individual level, on a team level. Uh, Leeds are in fantastic shape at the moment and so many players in form in that front four. Feels like Farker for quite a few months was riding the same front four and now with Ruta, Bamford and Piro to kind of flip between those two central attacking roles with the re-emergence of Willie Nyonto in the last couple of weeks who looks super sharp. Dan James was our 
ntt20.com player of the month for January in the championship. And Somerville, for me, is, I'm going to say it, the best player in the division. So uh, I think that they should win and comfortably so and cover the minus two at home to Rotherham. Uh, and then in League One, I think Derby will cover the minus one at home to Shrewsbury. Shrews made a good start under... Paul Hurst, but Derby for me are a bit of a runaway train at the moment. I've been late to jump on this particular bandwagon, but they just look so strong and so consistent and sustainable. They've won 12 of their last 16 games. Uh, James Collins as the number nine is scoring a lot of goals at the moment. Uh, Mendes Lang is, has been excellent all season and Max Bird is just top quality from a central midfield role as well. And I think they, they'll be highly motivated with Peterborough having dropped points this week. Derby can start actually to peel away from, um, from Posh and make it even more likely that they win automatic promotion. So I've got them to cover the minus one. And Stockport finally away at Grimsby. Stockport have actually uh, covered the minus one in five of their away games this season. Uh, they score over two goals a game on average away from home. Uh, and Grimsby are quite hit and miss under Dave Bartel, but particularly when they've come up against properly good attacking teams, they've really struggled. Uh, and so I think Stockport to cover the minus one it feels like the least likely in my eyes. But uh, altogether, that's four teams to cover the handicap at 50 to one. I like to think we'll get a good run at this. Uh, Saints minus two against Huddersfield. Leeds minus two against Rotherham. Derby minus one against Shrewsbury and Stockport minus one at Grimsby. Something a bit new there. George, something old. BTTS sixfold. And this week it's at 28.99. 28 to one. Starting on a Friday night as oh, well. Oh, yes. Sheffield Wednesday, Birmingham. Always um, bet on the early game. Yeah, I, I think Sheffield Wednesday's games at the moment are worth backing BTTS. Uh, they're pretty, they're conceding a lot of goals. They've conceded four goals in all competitions, in the three of the last five games, Danny Rolls uh, Wednesday, which is quite yeah. weird. But I, I, I don't think there's, there's cause for concern yet. I still think they're playing okay and under roll. They will pick up points. Birmingham, we know, under Tony Mowbray, I think we can anticipate as the season goes on, they'll become more expansive, as is the way that he likes to play. Um, a huge game, this, between two sides who, kind of, I think, both really need to win it, uh, Wednesday in particular, in order to, to claw Birmingham back. But Birmingham will also know that if they can get three points, and that's going to do their survival chances a whole lot of good uh, and then down to league two uh, Wrexham Bradford four to five for any BTTS Wrexham home game is just an automatic bet I think their home games are incredibly open and end-to-end -end. Bradford the big data outliers in league two at the moment um, on a long winless run but the XGs have them as one of the best teams in the whole league uh, Game State will play a part in that of course but from, from an attacking numbers perspective they are posting decent numbers and should create decent chances here and then Harrogate Colchester Colchester have been a kind of BTTS go-to all season. We saw last time out that even though Danny Cowley might be a manager, we anticipate the goals may, may not be as easy to come by. Uh, they drew three all against Forest Green last time in a, in a pretty crazy game. And Harrogate under Simon Weaver, you know, they're having a great time from an attacking standpoint, um, but uh, yeah, not a team who necessarily see out games comfortably. So they're my three. Wednesday, Birmingham, Rex and Bradford, Harrogate, Colchester. Yeah, I've got Borough and Bristol City in the championship. I think from a Bristol City point of view, they are obviously uh, less favoured to score than the home team and the heavy favourite Borough. But for me, we're already seeing under Liam Manning that this type of fixture, I think, suits Bristol City a little bit more than when they're at home, maybe, and the onus is on them to take the game to the opposition. Uh, they seem really comfortable already in transition. It's no surprise because Manning's an excellent coach and they have uh, players who really suit that style of play. A lot of energy, a lot of speed in their team. So I think 
think they can score against a Borough team who I'm sure will give them some chances on the break. Uh, and Borough's home games have been weirdly low scoring actually this season, which might not fit uh, what most people think of, of Borough under Carrick. But uh, even so, they are a good attacking team and I think both teams to score is a good thing here. Uh, in League One, I've got Barnsley and Leighton Orient because I've been putting in Barnsley every single week and every single week, they don't let me down. Uh, 10 of their last 11 games in the league, Barnsley, have gone BTTS. Yes. Uh, and Morecambe Sutton, 64% uh, of Morecambe's home games and 71% of Sutton's away games have seen BTTS land. And I just think with Sutton, who have seen BTTS, yes, land in six games in a row, Steve Morrison is having to try and make them more attacking, more potent. They need to win games. I've no doubt that both Morecambe and Sutton will be thinking that they can, should, will win this game against the other. And I think that points to goals. How many games do you reckon there are on Saturday where one of the teams will go into thinking, well, no, we can't win this? Uh, You're four in the, in the long shot. You're being a bit facetious, but yeah. Good. Obviously, every team has a plan to win each game. Yeah. But some teams' plans to win a match is by being very yeah, reactive, yeah. very defensive in their mindset. They're preaching to the choir. BTTS sixfold 28.99 and it's Borough and Bristol City in the championship Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham as well that's on Friday night uh, in League 1 Barnsley Leighton Orient and then 3 in League 2 Morecambe Sutton Harrogate Colchester and Wrexham Bradford George yes please recap your selections yeah sure my nap is Salford at Swindon uh, 29 to 20 Sutton John O'Bet at 7 to 5 at Morecambe is my next best my goal scorer is Rob Apter of Tranmere at uh, 4-1 to one to score any time. And Plymouth Argyle at 11-2 to two to go to the Stadium of, Light, uh, Stadium of Light and win the game. Barrow, Nap, 3.7, 27-10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That's away at Wimbledon. And my next best is Fleetwood drawn, I bet, at 2-1 to one at Lincoln. My goal scorer is Aaron Nemain of Notts County, 7-1 to one against Jills. And my long shot at 50.78 is Leeds minus 2, Southampton minus 2, Starby minus one and Stockport Starby minus one Starby County is their full name uh, thank you for listening to this episode guys uh, thanks to Betfair for sponsoring it one of us is going straight to bed and one of us is going to the pub go out 